You're listening to Yo! and Underlords Podcast. Brought to you by YetiArcade.com. Yo! 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 Level up your game by getting the latest news, reviews, and strategy to help you in your quest to becoming a Lord of the White Spire. And now your hosts... Hey everyone, welcome to episode 3 of Yo! An Underlords podcast brought to you by YetiArcade.com. Today is Sunday, August 25th of 2019, and here in Kansas City, I am your host, J.R. Cook, and I am joined by our normal crew um, that you've heard the last two episodes. So coming all the way from Amish country, Indiana, is big time contract Willie. Willie, how's it going? (laughs) What's up? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to talk about all these changes coming up in Underlords this week. A lot. It's been a pretty weird week for me, and we'll get into that here really shortly. But uh, you know, yeah. as always, I'm delighted to be here. It's been a crazy week in Underlords. A lot of stuff going on. Um, and uh, speaking of having a lot of stuff going on, coming all the way from Michigan, we've got Charlie. How's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. Yeah, kind of. Did a lot of step forward and step back on the uh, ladder. Just can't seem to find my footing. Still at Big Boss 1. The meta's been a bit volatile the past few days when I got a chance to play. And I feel like every time I get my, he- my head around it, it changes again. So um, it's, it's, it's good, though. I get to learn strategies and stuff and, and learn how to play better. The meta has been dumb in the last <laughs> week. Like, right when you feel like you have something figured out, they changed it on you. And they changed yeah, yeah. it drastically different on you. And then <laughs> and then they're like, okay, a day later, they're like, you know what? No, no, let's change it again. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty much how it happened. <laughs> so I'm used to I'm used to coming from Hearthstone, where Blizzard is notorious, notorious for taking a long time to uh, make changes, to implement changes, and things like that. This is completely different to me, this environment. And Willie, I'm wondering, is this is this normal for Valve? Um, as someone who hasn't played a lot of Valve games in the past, is this something uh, normal or is this kind of different as well? Early on in Valve, when they were still uh, in, in Dota, uh, when they were still releasing Heroes, Heroes were coming out about every two weeks up until they hit the, the final 122 um, of the original roster. But... You can expect a big patch after each major that like actually tran like shakes the the meta up like completely. All right. Really? So it's maybe four, five big patches a year where like everything changes. Like it, it, the old the old comps in the game will no longer be as effective. Um. So this. The level of speed that they're cranking out updates shows that they're really looking at balance right now, um, and they're giving it you know a lot of attention at the moment, which isn't unusual for Valve. Like they they legitimately care about like trying to find that sweet spot for a lot of for a lot of uh, a lot of things. So right. um, I I wouldn't say that it, it's it's unusual, but not unexpected. Okay. Okay. I, it, it's just surprising to me because it feels like it's one of those things where they change they're they're changing something every single week right now 
And it's also to the point where they will revert that change like the next day if it didn't go the way that they thought. Like they're doing a lot of experimentation. And um, I, I'm just not used to that. I'm used to things being kind of flushed out. Um, this is their plan kind of going forward. And the changes are like once a month type things. And, and you've got some time to settle in and, and play around with it. Um, I, th that's definitely not happening right now in this beta, um, with Underlords. And I, f I feel like that's fine. Like, I would rather them experiment now, get it out of the way, figure out really quickly what works and what doesn't, and, uh, and go from there. Yeah, and as the game, as the game life continues on, we'll see these updates come slower and slower to probably about the same frequency that we see um, Dota updates. Like, you know, big patches four or five times a year, um minor fixes here and there in between those periods uh yeah like yeah but th yeah these updates are coming incredibly quickly and that is good to me because it kind of feels like and this is kind of an older reference they're subscribing to the marvel versus capcom 2 style of balance and what that means is if something is broken don't bother fixing the thing that's broken just break everything else you know so everything just comes back I full circle. I'm I'm not sure I feel that way. I don't know. Okay. Um that's how that's how I how I look at it. Like just how fast and frantic the meta changes on a whim, you know? Right. Like, um we'll, we'll get into some of the changes, but I I don't I I don't feel like they're they're just they break something and then by fixing it they break something else. Um I feel like they're making very um, the, I feel like they see what's broken and fix what's broken. Like Arc Warden was very much broken, and they definitely fixed Arc Warden. Um, uh, Brawny is very much broken, and they introduced something to f try to fix that. So I, I don't know. Right, and and I agree they did fix Arc Warden. He, but he's still broken. Like there are things that you can still do with Arc Warden that are just ridiculous. Like for example, take. Putting him into four primordials. Well, they didn't make him. They didn't make him worthless. He is a no, he is no a definitely four tier. not. You don't nerf him to the ground, right? So I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sure. Not sure. I agree with that. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit later though. Um, but Charlie, what have you been up to this week in the game? Uh, I've been trying to get a few comps going. I've been playing a lot of scrappy assassins and scrappy <laughs> hunters to uh, to good success. Uh, there was a guide by the um, a player named Tin Man who put out a pretty in-depth guide to Scrappy, and I, I was reading into that. And I, I played Scrappy to quite a bit of success for a while, and I was really close to Big Boss too. And then the the patch hit, and I didn't adjust to the five star meta until uh, today. And then I, I feel like last night and today I was really getting good at the five star meta, and then it changed again. So <laughs> um, it's it's. <laughs> It's pretty cool though because I'm I'm learning how to do you know the different strategies so I I've just been trying to focus on that and I I know Lord's gonna come eventually I just uh, I need to learn how to play everything I, I feel like I've finally gotten pretty decent at Mage and Scrappy though which I I previously two weeks ago I I couldn't play those builds very well yeah I thought it was funny uh, yesterday in our little group chat um, we were talking about the or Friday. Uh, this whole weekend's gone by too quick. Um, Friday in our little group chat, we were talking about the meta changes and stuff like that. And I said something to the effect of, uh, so this is a legendary meta all over again. Just grab whatever five stars you want and just go to town. And Charlie's like, no, this is, that's not it. 
And then yeah. like a day later, he's like, "Never mind, you're right." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. I mean, it, there was definitely strategies. Like I feel like mages and Scrappy were both at an advantage because Lich was so strong, and and with the change to Refresher Orb, like legendaries were even better in that regard. But uh, yeah, I, I still think uh, you wanted a little bit of an alliance there, but rushing. Uh, rushing your levels and managing your ecom was a lot more important than acquiring three star units. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. But Willie, you had you had kind of a crazy week. Not <laughs> a little bit with Dota Underlords. Not so much in the game itself. Maybe maybe a little bit in the game, but mostly with your your tournament. Yeah. Uh, the Underlords Pro League. Um really took off this week and it feels really weird to say that because like yeah hero uh, uh power hour aside like i feel like that this is like the first thing i've helped direct that was is actually pretty successful so like right now i'm really i'm kind of suffering from some uh imposter syndrome at the moment it's kind of like am i is this just all a fluke am i a fraud so i'm kind of coming the answer is yes that yeah you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. I, <laughs> I'm glad we got that sorted. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Overlords program is really taking off. We uh, casted with, uh, we had Bebe, who's the number one ranked player uh, in the game right now. We we casted, me and Bahamut casted with him this week. And boy, let me tell you, that dude was dropping knowledge bombs. Like he, like just that cast alone, the, the game is, I feel like it's been opened to me in a brand new way. Like I, I look at the game differently just from hearing this man cast. Wow. Um, but yeah, we, we and then Swim hosted us, so we suddenly got like fifteen hundred more extra viewers. And Swim's coming on to cast uh, the league this Friday with Baby and Bahamut. I'm taking a week off, um, and think and I because I, I need it because Ti Nine finally wrapped up, so I'm filing off third shift errors uh, hours. Thank God. Um, because that was getting really old really quick. I love me some Dota, but man, watching chat come up with uh, new and inventive ways to get banned is uh, I, I, two weeks is my limit. I can't I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this Friday should be just out of the park entertaining for the league. Like I said, we've got Swim coming on. We've got we've got Bebe coming back, and you know Muhammad's going to be casting as well. So it, it's going to be. Uh, quite a quite a wild ride so nice I, I, that sounds I'm, pretty that sounds pretty exciting you got a lot of got a couple big names in there yeah that, we probably got the best analytical caster like because like i said bebe is amazing at analytics like the guy just breaks it down for you like to the point where like i bet he could train a child up to become a lord of the white spire <laughs> you know get some 6 year old or big boss or five. he could or he could get charlie there mm-hmm. one of the two one of the He'd two probably have an easier time that would be fun to arrange like like probably uh, an easier time with six-year-old yeah uh, a live coaching session that would be fun to watch i would i would watch that so but yeah that's that that's it for for my end i'm just looking forward to sleeping at a decent hour again oh, that's great that's that's awesome that you're the league is starting to take off and that people are starting to take notice of this kind of stuff um i got we're talking about oh sorry real quick we're talking about opening up a uh, a europe division next month like that's how oh, much nice. interest this tournament has it's wild that's pretty cool that's pretty cool and uh you know it's just gonna it's just this is just beta so it's just gonna continue to get bigger from there um i think that's i think that's really cool um as for me um i just tried to figure out the 
the meta that we had. And I will, like Charlie, um, finally I figured it out. Um, Swim's video on blacklisting really helped a ton on figuring out how I needed to play. And um, we'll talk about blacklisting a little bit later, but blacklisting has changed since that video um, because I had blacklisting figured out from that video. And then they changed blacklisting with us again. And now I'm struggling once again. Um, so I, I, I just need to adjust. And the problem is, like, with work, um, uh, trying to prepare for Dragon Con and everything else going on in my life, I just didn't have enough time to play. And I need a little bit of time to soak in the meta. So, unfortunately, like, the next two weeks is pretty much going to be the same for me. Speaking of which, um, you will not be hearing us next week. Right. Um, we will not be doing a show next week. Um, it's Labor Day weekend. Um, I'll be in Atlanta for Dragon Con. Charlie, I think you're gone in like to like Chicago or something like that. Um, yep. so we're we're just all gone on vacation. Um, we knew that going ahead. We knew that coming into the show when we started the show that 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 week was gonna be nothing. Um, so we will also, be back the following doing- week after that. While we're doing show announcements too, I know there have been some mentions of audio quality on my end. Uh, I will be getting all that fixed. Hopefully by the next show, I'll be getting a better microphone, a sound mixer, all that. So um, yeah. this should be the last episode with the echo. Yeah, and I, I find it hilarious that you were talking about sound quality and then all of a sudden I hear Willie typing. <laughs> <laughs> Did I, you actually hear that? Yeah. No, dude, you're just, typing just is now. like super loud. Yeah. I muted my mic. Well, it, it didn't mute over here. <laughs> Your keyboard uh, unmuted it with the uh, furious which you type on it. <laughs> okay, so I got to mute in Discord. Got it. Understood. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we're trying to do a better job of audio and uh, all of that. And that, that stuff honestly takes time anytime we do a new show. Um, but yeah. yeah, with that said, uh, we have a lot to talk about. So we should probably head over to the news. This week in Dota Underlords. Uh, so the first thing uh, that we wanted to talk about is the update notes, and there's a lot. Um, you know <laughs> what? You know what, Charlie? I know that you wrote the notes kind of in what's earliest to what's latest. I'm going to go backwards from that. Okay. So I'm mixing oh, it up. Okay. I'm mixing it up. Um, we're going to start sure. with the August 20th update. All right. Um, so, so on August 20th, uh, we had the update about updates. <laughs> and uh, the announcement of the announcement, as Blizzard would normally call it, evidently <laughs> Dota calls it the update about updates. Um, so we, we have some news, a little bit of news um, that we have a um, uh, we have a patch at some point coming, and this is what they're working on. Uh, their main focus is currently on season one and its features. Um, some of these will be. Some of these that we're talking about will be in season zero, which is the season we're in right now. And uh, yeah, so the first thing which I'm super excited about that uh, they kind of talked about was the duos game mode. And uh, we should be seeing this in the next week or two. Um, They've been calling it duos. Um, They initially called it battle buddies, and I still think they should call it battle buddies because that I think is a better name. And they said, but Duo seems to be a bit more professional. You know what? Screw professional. Call it Battle Buddies. Um, But anyway, uh, Battle Buddies is a new way to play Underlords cooperatively with a friend. Uh, You just party up and battle against three other teams. And it's for both casual and ranked. So now we can have ranked Battle Buddies. 
yeah, there's going to be a whole new ladder, apparently. I'm very curious if you both share a board or if you each have separate side-by-side boards or if it's one big, huge board that and, you both share. Yeah, and I want to know like, if you like fight to the death on who gets to choose what you, you're picking. <laughs> yeah. I, I am personally looking forward to blaming both of you for my loss. Yeah, no, that's that's the whole point of playing a game with other people is to blame the others and take all the blame off yourself. Yeah. Well, we just need. Uh, I, I'm only going Bloodbound, so anybody who plays with me better just be ready to take Mister Warlock. <laughs> um. So no, I'm really, I'm really curious to see um how how this all works out. Um. Anything else you guys wanted to talk about on that? Uh, no, it just sounds cool. I, I, I need some more details, but it, it's definitely a, a great idea. Uh, you yeah. always want a way to party up with a friend or do something yep. cooperatively. Yep. Uh, so the next thing, we kind of talked about this already. Uh, Underlords are going to introduce Underlords to the game in a few weeks. Um, they didn't really talk about how Underlords going to work, but they did say that it's going to be a core part of the game. Yeah. Um, so that's all we have about that. We, we speculated in, what, episode one on what this could be? Yeah, and we had some ideas, but no one really knows. So yeah, it could be anything. I mean, one of them could be like big time contract appears in every shop, regardless of level now, and you know, tier three units cost one less. It could be anything. You never know what each of them could do. So it's yeah, it it could be uh, it it could be Jr. just gets eighth every game from now on. Yeah, well, that one's already (laughs) in play. Oh, that one's already. Oh, damn it! Yeah, that 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 one's already out. Yeah, that one's already out. (laughs) Got him. Um, no, yeah, I think you're right. Um, because that's what I've been experiencing. So <laughs> I think you're right. But um, yeah, I mean, there it's an exciting idea, but yeah, really, there it, it could literally be anything, and it's hard to speculate at this juncture as to what it could be. Yeah. Um, this one's kind of boring. UI and other uh improvements, massive changes are coming to the UI, especially on PC. Yada yada. Um, they're always going to be doing that. Uh, so that's not as exciting. Um, and Heroes and Alliances. Um, they're going to be introducing some new heroes in alliances, expanding the roster. Oh, we already know a couple of them. We'll we'll get to that pretty soon. Yeah. Um. And, but there's probably going to be more even beyond that. Um. I don't know. So I never played Dota. Um. So I don't know the universe too much. I don't know the lore. Um. I think Willie's the only one on the podcast that really does. Um. Yeah. So when it comes to like speculating on this, I'm clueless. I you know. I, I come from the Hearthstone world. I could be like, hey, maybe we'll get Deathwing, guys. And then you'll be like, no, <laughs> wrong game, you idiot. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you if you go by some of the trailers we'll be talking about here in a minute, it looks like maybe there might be some kind of void alliance or something. But other than yeah. that, yeah, we, we don't really have a lot to go on. Is there any heroes that you could think that would come in and would bring a new alliance to the game or might bolster up a lesser... Um, a lesser used or less beefy alliance, I, I, you know, like Bloodbound and Dragon kind of come to mind as alliances that don't have a lot of units going for it right now that really fill it out and define it as a as its own. Well, I can give you a, a, a potential brand new four four hero alliance right now, and that would be uh, would be Spirit. Okay. Because you'll you'll have Ember, you'll have Storm, you'll have Earth, and you'll have Void. And right there is a four hero alliance. So I. If they're bringing in Void Spirit, we I will probably eventually see a uh, Spirit Alliance at some point involving those heroes. But right. like so, uh, some of them, I, I like Storm Spirit in particular. I don't know how you'd incorporate him into Underlords. 
Yeah, it should be interesting. It's it, more alliances will definitely shift the balance of the game and give you more to learn. But I think adding more build paths just will feel better for players when you because it just means less people are going to be going after your units if there's more options, right? Especially if the options are viable. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's uh, that's mostly the stuff that's coming up. They they talked about also expanding on uh, the battle pass and uh, city crawl uh, stuff like that. That's going to be coming soon. But these are the big overall changes that we'll probably see in the next two to three weeks. So that's that's exciting. Yeah. Um, Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, then they had another update on August 23rd, which was Friday. Um, the update it, in which Juggernaut gets a little tweak. Yep, a little <laughs> tweak. Um, I do love the name of these updates, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're pretty great. Um, the biggest thing with this, I'm going to skip the general stuff. I'm going to skip the UI stuff. I don't... Yeah, there's really nothing there that there, there's a little bit there, but uh, nothing that's really the meat and potatoes of what this patch was. Um, probably the biggest thing that they did with this patch um, that they've already reverted um, was the adjusted hero tier distribution curves where tier four and five pieces are somewhat more common at high levels. Um, and they also increased the tier four hero pool to 20 per hero. So what this that's did- That's still live too. Yeah, that, that one's still live. Um, that's, that's pretty big. Tier fours are actually a lot more obtainable now. Like I'm seeing more and more three star tier fours, even, right. even still. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like they did this um, because honestly, the game was sent like the game was still ending pretty early. That the tier five units, the legendary units, like you never really saw them come into play unless someone had a specific alliance where they can just kind of jam them in. Right. Um, and so normally what you would see is, um, Lich, if someone was going mages, I mean, see Enigma, if someone was going, uh, Shaman or Primordials, um, and then you'd see, uh, Troll, you'd see, uh, Troll Warlord, um, just to finish out the Troll Alliance, right? Those were like yeah, the main Warlord. three. Yeah. Tw yeah. Those were like the main three that you'd end up seeing. Every once in a while, you'd see a gyrocopter or techies. Um, and sometimes, sometimes you, I guess, also see Medusa if they were going hunters. Um, but the, the, the top three that I talked about were like the main three that you always kind of saw. Um, and you would only like see them for like two or three matches because by then the person would just win or someone would just win at that point, right? And the right. game would be over. Um, so what this what happened here is now people are starting to level up quicker. Uh, they're starting to get tier five units quicker, and you're starting to see your tier five units like before round twenty. Yeah, I mean, well, when you get to level eight, your uh, tier five odds went up to five percent. Level eight's very obtainable by level seventeen if you're rushing it, and managing your econ. So you'd see some players doing that, and then you know their first roll into level eight, they'd get lucky and see a lich or something, and just kind of snowball their their builds from there. I, I know I had a good game where I did something similar. So uh, that that's a huge jump to go from one to five percent at level eight. That's yeah. That was kind of the driving force behind the five uh, the tier five meta. I think uh, even on Reddit, I saw someone with a troll warlord that was three stars, which is yep. insane. Yeah, I saw that. That that's crazy. Um, and, friends but, and family yeah. discount was feeling really good in that meta too. Right. Yeah. That that definitely became a decent pickup as well for the one day that you got to play it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So. The, yeah, 
the other thing that they did was they changed the blacklist mechanic, and um, we'll talk about we'll, we'll we'll talk about blacklisting in our pro corner a little bit later. We're not going to talk about tier three items this week. We're going to talk about blacklisting. Um, but they but I'll I'll kind of explain how blacklisting kind of worked, and the idea behind it was uh, if you got your shop up of your it's five units, right? Yeah, it's five units. Yeah, 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 yeah. Five units, yeah. Um, if, if you got your shop up of five units, um, and let's say you ended the match or anything and those five units were still there, the likelihood of you getting those five units again, you've blacklisted them. Um, if you pick a unit, that means you will probably see that unit more often in the future. Um, so let's say on the first um, shop, you get like an axe or two axes. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going brawny this game. Uh, I'm going to select axe. Well, the problem was, if you didn't select that other axe, you actually accidentally blacklisted him as well. So what you would have yeah. to do is actually buy the axe, sell the axe, buy the other axe. Or you could lock mm -hmm. the shop if you wanted to. Um, normally, I don't like doing that with just two units like that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so the likelihood of you getting axe more, more often would happen and you can get him to a three star relatively quickly because of that um yeah you, you could almost choose your fighter when when the shop refreshes that were happening at every round transition were also using the blacklisting mechanic it became very easy for players to kind of force builds and uh right. i don't think that's really what they're looking for here right um so they changed that so that um shop refreshes so that if i just left the shop there and didn't buy anything that didn't count as blacklisting now Right. Unless I, the only time blacklisting happens is when I refresh. We'll talk about that later, but that's that's the change. Yep. Um but hero changes. Um Doom, that was a big change. Uh Brawnies kind of became a problem in the meta, um, because they could get this huge health buff, especially with blacklisting and you choose axe right off the bat and you end up getting a huge axe, you get a huge blade master and juggernaut. Um Doom now disables the brawny health buff. So someone's going brawny, and you're like, nope, not against me. You're not. I'm choosing Doom. Yeah, it's a nice little counter for Doom. Uh, Doom's just gotten a little better over the past couple of updates, and he's still a very strong unit. He's got a lot of DPS going for him as a as a warrior, so it's it's uh, it's going to help against those unstoppable tanks that you know you see the screenshots sometime of like 12k health or something on a Beastmaster. Right. Yeah. Um. And I found this interesting because this is the second um, direct counter that we now have in Underlord. Um, because you had the anti-demons, like the anti-mage and the terror blade, um, that yeah. could neglect uh, the demon buff that that ha that you can get. Um, now, now we have an anti-brawny buff as well with a unit. So I thought that was interesting that they did that. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to have checks and balances. It's cool when something can go, like, so far down one line, like, you know, obviously getting that much health is very game-changing. Uh, it's good to have something that shuts that off, though. I, I think um, we might end up seeing something like that for Bloodbound, too, eventually, if uh, Bloodbound oh, gets I hope too so. strong. Please, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, then uh, the next change that they had for hero changes was Juggernaut. Um, and Juggernaut went from a tier two to a tier three, and then yeah. uh, Blade Fury now activates if there is at least one enemy in range. Uh, before they tweaked it so that it waited until there's two, so now you can get the uh, Blade Fury now that just hits one dude and feels bad. 
Yeah, and thank God for that, honestly, because there is nothing more in Fury. I don't want the Blade Fury for the damage. I want the Blade Fury for the magic community, you know? Like, yeah. watching, like, a, a Juggernaut, like, get slapped by a couple of units that you could easily win against, or even one unit that you could easily win against if you were magic immune, you know? Like, that was the thing that drove me nuts about Juggernaut, was just watching him just slap one thing over and over and never... And get killed by abilities. So this is right. a really so, that's a really big buff for him, honestly. So it's a buff and and a nerf a little bit. Uh, so it's it's kind of balanced a little bit. I, yeah. The the nerf is basically like if he just sits there and starts spinning against one guy, and you're like, why couldn't you wait until you got over to the other guy and then do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the that's the quote unquote nerf. That that's the feels bad, but. In your case, it's definitely a buff where, you know, you don't have to worry about him getting, you know, hammered down by mages because he is against one guy and then just sits there and dies because he can't do anything yeah, he, about it. Yeah, eats a, a wave of light from uh, Keeper of the Light and a illusion orb from Puck, and you're just like, spin, you idiot! <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it seems like they have a mechanic they want with Juggernaut where they want him to be this kind of, uh, you know, tank that can reflect magic damage through spinning, but it, mechanically, you know, do you want him to spin against one enemy, multiple enemies? Does it feel like a waste if he does it against only what you know? So well, it seems the, like they're still trying to toy around, toy around and find the sweet spot for Juggernaut. Well, yeah. the jarring thing for me uh, in Underlords about Juggernaut is in, in Dota, he's a carry. Like... But in in Underlords, he's definitely a tank. So what I damage, yeah, he does do a lot of damage. Um, so it, it's again, it's just it's kind of jarring for me to look at him in a light that's not like a carry role for him. He's not going to be like your top dude, but he's going to survive the longest because of of Blade Fury. Yeah. So yeah. Um. And then the other change they did was the Shadow Shaman or Voodoo will no longer be cast on an already hexed enemy. That feels more like a bug fix than anything. Um, yeah. But uh, it makes sense. I mean, I, yeah, you, you, you're a chicken. I don't need to make the chicken a chicken again. Yeah, it prevent, it's preventing a lot of, like, unintended chain disables, like stacking them on top of each other, which obviously, like, nobody wants that. You never want to stack your stuns. Right. Um, right. So I mean, this this feels like a really really good change for uh, Shadow Shaman. Yeah, and then they just compared some of the unit tier odds by level versus the previous patch. Um, these are already obsolete at this point, but just to show you like the change that did happen. Um, on level eight, uh, when you're level eight, your tier five basically was a one percent chance to now a five percent chance, and then. Level nine was a three percent chance versus a seven percent chance, and so there's you know it's kind of kind of a big leap there, and then you saw like a five percent increase for like four tier units basically, yeah. Or you started seeing four tier units just a little bit sooner as well. But even then, that's now changed to where now level eight you have a zero percent chance for tier five units as to where originally three days ago it was one percent and then in between that it was five percent so now right. uh, tier five is is definitely different you're not going to see it until level uh nine now yeah so um, let's let's talk about that let's talk oh, about yeah. the august 25th update which is today 
and which was called the Easy Like Sunday update. And they're like, hey, guys, uh, we put in a hot fix to fix the the tier units because we broke them. Uh, but, yeah, so now you don't see, yeah, like you said, you don't see any uh, level fives until, tier fives until level nine. And that's a 2% yeah. chance. And then uh, level 10 is 3%, and then 10 plus is 5%. <laughs> Um, so now we've gone from a high of 15% to see tier five to a high of 5% to see tier five. That's a huge change. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like the real sweet spot right now is between level five and eight. Um, you can find your tier two and tier three units, uh, pretty well there. Um, I, I seem to be building a lot off of tier six. And five. It's obviously different for each build, depending on what you're in. If you're looking for more four stars, you're probably looking to get to seven or eight a little quicker. Yeah. Uh, I do like the way that it's balanced now. Although I think uh, we could probably use tier five. Maybe they seem to have an idea of what they want to do with legendaries, I guess. And I'll just trust them on that because right now it feels like they're just kind of back to not really being in the game very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did yeah. they do anything else with this patch, or was that the only thing that they did? That looks like the only thing that they did. Yeah, the um, uh, update. today's update. Yeah, today's update was just the uh, them deciding. Yeah, the unit tier changes was a bad idea. We put them back. Oh, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't put them back though. They they changed. They they didn't put them back exactly how it was. Well, they they definitely reversed the uh, the August twenty third update. Like they changed. They made it worse. They nerfed it. Well, the, the, tier five is definitely back to being down. Yes, yes, but tier four is still up. That's yeah. the thing is they they just made the change to tier five basically. Um, tier four right, is right, still right. roughly the same. Well, tier four, yeah, tier four is a lot. Yeah, you get that a lot more now, and plus there's also five more tier tier four units of each unit in the pool, so it's a lot easier to get a three star tier four now as well. Right. Yep. So it's just tier fives that really, really took the nerf, and I don't know. I, I, I feel like they still need to find that sweet spot in making tier five units still relevant. Yeah, I don't really see the point of tier five units at this time. Yeah, it, it feels like there should be one that's kind of individualized perfection, and right now there's a lot of crossover, especially with like techies and gyro, and and I don't know. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but the other big news that we had this week because um. TI9 is taking place. Is that what it's called? TI9? TI9? Yeah? Willie? Willie? Yeah, yeah. TI9. Bueller? Yeah. Okay. The International I'm, I'm 2019. Not, I'm not familiar with Dota, so <laughs> um, that's why I'm asking. Uh, so the the Outlanders update that they announced for Dota 2, um, where they're getting a couple new heroes, those heroes in that update is also coming to Underlords. Yep. Yeah, it looks like we're getting a Snapfire and a Void Spirit, and and you said we were getting the elements as well, Willie. Uh, we might. Um, I don't know if we'll see them just yet. I would. I wouldn't be surprised because this is this is what we were talking about. Um, this is going to be the patch after Ti, so this is going to be a huge patch for Dota. It's going to shake everything up. Uh, Snapfire, I think, is coming first, but I, I'm never going to call her that from this moment forward. She will forever be Cookie Grandma. <laughs> um so cookie grandma is coming out sometime this fall um we'll definitely see the underlords come into the game before she releases so uh yeah like i'm, I'm excited she looks fun she, she looks she looks like she like, looks I, like i can't go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> jinx padlock 
Um, uh, she looks a lot of fun, like a lot of fun, honestly. Yeah. I, I like the the vignette they did for her was was pretty special, and it shows some uh, pretty good interactions between her and Timbersaw. Um, they're going to be yeah, and Bat Rider. She's direct from the trailer itself. She's directly related to Timbersaw. He calls her Auntie. Right. So there's so there's some more, and they're part of the Keen K E E N race. So they'll be really, uh, so, but it would be scrappy in game. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be really scrappy. In- definitely a scrappy definitely. unit. Um, and, and there's some we were, debate on the second. Yeah, I, we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say knight. Like it's felt like knight to me, like a scrappy knight. Um, and the reason why I say that is she's riding a mount like this. It's almost like toothless from uh, uh what's that <laughs> stupid movie? How to Train uh, a Dragon. To, and that was an amazing yeah. movie, by the way. Get off it. Uh, no, I actually, uh, the very first date that me and my wife went on when we met, we went and watched that movie. So it holds a very special place in my heart. So, Um, okay. So here's here. You said night. My thought is she's either going to, with the mount, you could argue for scaled. That's not going to happen, but that, you know, someone could draw that. My guess was Hunter or because of her mount, Savage. Okay. Yeah. Those because she's got a shotgun. She's basically a hunter. She could yeah, she be a scrappy like night hunter. Scrappy night hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Someone like Lycan who has three builds. Um, maybe. I don't know if they would do that with another hunter because the the uh. Well, wait a minute. Sniper. The sniper guy is not a hunter, is he? He's yeah, dead eye. Yes. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, dead eye hunter. He's so she, you could even make a case dead for eye hunter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I could see that. That that would give. If they put her like tier three or something, or yeah, tier three or something like that, that would make Deadeye actually kind of viable, in my opinion. Because like Deadeye just comes online so late. Like I love the concept. I want two units focusing down a unit that's you know at the same time, the you know the lowest health unit at the same time. That sounds amazing. But it comes on so late because Gyro is a, a tier five unit. So um, uh, yeah, I could definitely get behind uh, a Cookie Grandma being a being a Deadeye. Hmm. Charlie, what do you yeah. think, buddy? I just, I really think it's going to be Knight. Um, I, I think she's going to be Scrappy Knight. That's how it looks from the trailer to me with seeing Batrider. It was all Scrappy Knights in the trailer. Um, yeah. If anything, any of those other classes add, it might be a third class, but I think uh, Hunter's probably a bit oversaturated for her to be a, listed as a Hunter in this game right now. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I really enjoyed her trailer. It had a decent little story behind it. Me not knowing anything about Dota, watching that. It was very yeah. fun. Uh, I, I could get into it. I definitely it see lively. the cookie. I definitely see the cookie grandma reference um, <laughs> and is uh, pretty funny. And then we have Void Spirit, which I watched a trailer for. And I'm just like, God, this is the most boring thing I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just don't care about this. I don't they even know did, what this is. This is terrible. The heroes they they revealed last year in uh, Mars, Mars, and Mars, and there was another. Okay. Grimstroke. Sure. So the, I know they, those names they, completely, a hundred percent. They they really they should be coming to Underlords as well. Like so, and Grimstroke actually may be coming sooner because he has beef with all of the spirits. So like he would actually have probably have beef with a uh, void spirit. So we may see him come in here really soon. He'll probably come under the Brawny Alliance, but that's not who we're talking. About. We're talking about void spirit, and he's going to be an assassin. Like I'm 100 percent certain 
He's going to be an assassin pro- and most likely primordial. All right. That makes sense. Yeah, if they, if they introduce that spirit faction, he might be a part of that, too. Yeah, he, he, yeah. if they introduce the spirit faction, he's 100% a part of it. That would be weird if he wasn't. I agree about assassin, probably, especially from the trailer and showing how he's kind of like marking people off for death. All right. So anyway, that's the that's the big news of this week. Um, yeah. at, at, like I said, we got some updates, got some more updates, got some things to look forward to in the next couple weeks, and got some things to look forward to in fall of 2019. Um, with the new uh, with Void Spirit and the and uh, uh, Cookie Grandma and uh, the basically the Outlanders update, which will be coming to both um, fall 2019 for that. So we have a lot of things to look forward to. Um, with that said, I told you guys we were going to talk about blacklisting, so we should probably get into that. Welcome to the Pro Corner. So yeah, blacklisting. Like I uh, was talking about earlier, uh, Swim had put out a really good video about it. Um, feel free to go watch it if you want, but all of it's basically obsolete. But the idea and concept is still kind of there. It just works a little bit differently. And so, Charlie, since you wrote this, I'm going to have you kind of take off with it a little bit. So, yeah, with all the changes to blacklisting, it it's, can be pretty confusing. And I just wanted to make sure, as it is today, as we film on a Sunday at 1030 at the evening uh, on August 25th, this is how blacklisting works currently. Uh, who knows if it'll be different next week, but uh, with it changing, uh, you know, from one thing to the next and, and there being a lot of coverage on it, I figured it'd be a good time to go over it. Yeah. So the way blacklisting works now is any unit still in the shop is blacklisted on the next reroll, whether you, whether that reroll is free or you spent two gold on it. Uh, so an example is if there are two units left in the shop, let's say Tiny and Luna are there, if you were to roll the next shop after that, um, Roll is guaranteed to not have Tiny or Luna in it. Right. You've blacklisted everything that you left up when you re-roll. Yep. Yeah. Anytime you, the player does a manual roll, um, it will, yeah. Whoever's left in the shop will not show up in that next roll. And then, okay, cool. and then so then if you get, sorry, then if you get five new units uh, after your re-roll and you don't do anything, those five units aren't blacklisted. Correct. Yeah, uh, it, uh, if the round transition happens, there's no blacklisting taking place. You could see one of those units in your next shop. Blacklisting well. only happens when you select when you click the reroll button. That is correct. Cool. So some some of the practical or Zex, did you have something or Willie? You have something you wanted to add there? <laughs> uh, no, you uh, Jr. Actually, my question, and I and I'm already feeling like I, I'm blacklisting works a bit better now. But keep going. Don't don't let me stop you. So uh, some practical uses for blacklisting in the way its current form is um, spending a free reroll when a shop has five different units you're not looking for is probably the highest value reroll, right? Because if you see five units that you have zero interest in, the next time you roll, you're blacklisting five potential duds. Uh, that gives you a much higher value uh, drawing into what you want. Uh, I generally like to use my free rerolls if I'm looking at five units that I absolutely don't want and uh, I'm in a good position to buy, aka I'm not on a, a weird number where like I don't want to spend any money to make sure I hit my next interest point or whatever. But yeah, um, free rerolls, they don't stack, so you got to use them. If you're about to lose a round, burn it right there. But otherwise, make sure uh, make sure you're getting a lot of value out of your rerolls, and the best way to guarantee that is through using blacklisting. Yep. Uh, Rerolling a shop in which you just bought a unit that resides in a tier that currently has the highest chance to drop. So, like, 
if you're looking for Beastmaster right now, well, you go look at these recent notes and you'll see Beastmaster has the highest chances of dropping between rounds four and five. Uh, that means if you want to aggressively roll for Beastmaster, you could level up to five and then try a few rerolls every time you hit. Let's see, let's say you hit on a shot that has one Beastmaster in it. Well, when you reroll, you can blacklist the other four, and there's a bigger chance that the next one will still contain a Beastmaster while blacklisting four non-Beastmaster units at a 35% chance of appearing. So there are specific times when you want to reroll early. Um, it's rare and it's very faction dependent or unit dependent if, uh, if the unit's required to carry a faction. It's a, it's a little easier to do that when you're looking for a tier three unit right now in this meta or even a tier four unit in some regards. But yeah, blacklisting on the rerolls are very important when you're, when you're looking for key units, um, especially after you've found one. Uh, so you always want to use blacklisting to your advantage when you're above 50 gold uh, so that you spend less gold looking for what you want. Essentially, if you just go to 60 and you just start mashing reroll all the way down to 50, that's not always the best way to spend your gold. Sometimes you might want to spend five on leveling up there. Or if you blacklist into a way where you draw three of one unit, let's say you've been looking for alchemist and you've been on one alchemist forever, you reroll and then there's two alchemists. So you buy those up. Well, if you reroll again, you no longer are looking for alchemists so there's no alchemist value on your reroll and you're only blacklisting three units you might just want to stop there for now even though you're at 56 gold and spend that last five gold on a, on a level which you probably need to spend it on later at some point anyway so why not right there while you uh, have low row value on your reroll and your blacklisting isn't very strong at that point all right uh, and then there are just bad times to blacklist uh, if there are two or three units in a shot that you have no interest in let's say uh, it's the fifth turn for some reason and you're thinking about uh, spending money on a reroll or you got a free reroll and there's three uh, blood seekers in the shop and you have no interest in blood seeker well if you reroll you're only blue up you're only blacklisting one blood seeker so you're not getting a lot of value out of that blacklist and then um or it, like what I just alluded to earlier, when you just complete a unit, that's a, that's been a big out, whether it's a two or a three star, your, your roll value goes down a lot after that, so as does your blacklisting value until it's time to uh, find a new shop. So it's better to just let the shop refresh and kind of um, you know sit on your econ. All right, so then, so explain that to me one more time real quick. So if I, if I have a shop that has two or three units that mm -hmm. I don't want. Right. And... and like like in your like I'm in brawny and druids let's say and like you said three bloodseekers show up um and it's uh assassins and I have no need whatsoever to go into assassins just stop don't reroll right yeah I wouldn't just simply because you're only going to blacklist that one unit in in bloodseeker being the example I I'd much rather just let the shop refresh that without blacklisting and then save my two gold or my free reroll if I potentially can obviously if I'm about to lose the round I will spend the free reroll but um yeah I uh I would rather wait for a more valuable blacklisting uh reroll potential like i said uh you know when when you see a shot that has five different units you're not looking for that's the highest value for a free reroll in my mind okay that makes sense cool i just wanted to verify uh, yeah. that that that's the way that i understood it yeah and uh you know this is that's pretty much it it's fairly straightforward now that um they've decided on what they want it to be but um yeah i think there are important aspects to it that you need to um take advantage of anytime because uh 
a lot of people think managing your economy is just, you know, getting a lot of gold and making sure you had interest points, but how you spend and determining your role value are also very important factors in that. And that's where blacklisting can really come into play. Yeah. So that's one of the, this is one of those tips that could like, if you're, if you're finding yourself kind of struggling at some of the lower levels and um, like you're seeing people that are getting uh, two and three star units faster than you, um, it's potentially because uh, they know about this blacklisting feature and you didn't. So now yeah. you can kind of get a game up on them and uh, game this blacklisting feature a little bit. And instead of blaming RNG for not giving you what you need, uh, this is probably the reason why. You can actually... Uh, uh, cause rng to go in your favor if you're uh doing blacklisting correctly that, that yeah, for this sure. is you controlling the shop yeah and there's it's definitely mitigating your um luck there a little bit you're you can obviously still roll low and have bad luck and never sure. find your units yeah. that you're looking for but yeah this is this is the best way to maximize your units potentials of showing up or at least you know the valuable units that you're looking for to show up right and the old way of blacklisting before they reverted it here and changed it um, they give you a lot of control over it. Um, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I mean, I understood it and I got why it was good. I didn't much like it though, because it felt too much See, like picking your build. And um, I'm the was... opposite because I actually really liked it. And <laughs> I could see there, why. I there's mean... a lot of, there was a lot of arguments, uh, that I read from people that liked it and didn't like it. Um, and they were yeah. very strong in their opinions. Yeah, there's uh, there's something to be said about both sides. I personally like the idea of having to be a bit fluid and, and go with the flow and, and learn what your build is going to be as you go on, as opposed to going in with the idea of what you want to build. But but I don't go um, in with the idea of what I want to build. I go in no, with... I I go in with, okay, this is what I have right off the bat. Now I know immediately what I need to go into. Yeah, I, I guess I just don't like everything be de being determined in the first four or five rounds. I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. But and like I, I said, yeah, like I you like said, uh, there I, are a ton of people like that. that were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of like knowing, like, I don't like knowing going into the game what I want to do, but I like knowing very early what I want what I want to do. And I felt like the way that blacklisting worked before gave me that a little bit. It didn't guarantee you either, by the way. No, but, no. But, but, it, but it helped. It gave you a lot of control in the first 10 rounds. After that, it kind of fell off a little bit. But like uh, right now, I think it's actually got more useful, more use in the late game than it does in the early game. I also found that I my games were much more improved because of it, the old way. <laughs> um, because yeah. I had that extra control over it. Um, so we'll see. So we'll see. Yeah, some people don't really like the slot machine feeling that can happen sometimes, and and black the way that blacklisting was prior to this did did help with that a bit. Yeah. But so Willie, after listening to the blacklisting stuff, you didn't really fully understand it coming in. How did this help you? Does oh, this... this help you understand quite a bit? Oh yeah, this helped me out a ton. My my problem is getting my brain to get in into like actual gameplay. You know what I mean? It, it's like I understand how the mechanic very well now thank you for that explanation um but like trying to decide like when when should i start abusing the the blacklisting mechanic to to force the comp i want you know uh, yeah. I, I, and you mentioned there's a, a sweet uh, we were talking about drop rates earlier and you said there is a a um like a sweet spot between five and eight you said yeah, generally five and eight, five and seven. It it kind of depends on what what alliances you're in and what units you're looking for, um, mm -hmm. and and where your spike is going to be. But obviously, if you're a slark, you want to be in the highest values for three. Uh, if you're Luna, you want to be in the highest values for two. Um, 
you know, obviously if you're blood bound, you want to be a bit earlier in the, uh, in the uh, leveling. Yeah. And, Scrappy can benefit from low, uh, leveling, leveling slow. Yeah. And that's, and that's what I, I need to, to wrap my brain around is, is getting used to, cause I'm so used to the old style of auto chess where you, you want to get to 50 gold as fast as possible, whether you're taking losses or not. So like you still want to do that. I mean, if you're not in 50 gold by turn 12 between, well, I won't say by turn 12, but between turn 11 and turn 14, you're probably doing something wrong unless you're really like, you have to really be forcing a build and have success with it. But yeah, I, I'm starting to laugh because I do that. A lot. Yeah. That's, that's like <laughs> Willie's play style right there. Right. Just force it. He just forces yeah. it. He's just like, I'm just, I have a meme in mind and it's going to happen whether you, you I know, die on this hill or not. You, you're not wrong. And yeah, you're you're just not wrong on that because I I will if I if I am presented with a potential meme comp I'm gonna take it. Yeah, like, I it, like I'm a sucker for it. Like if it works like five rounds and I end up losing twenty rounds, it was worth it in my opinion because I had a good time. <laughs> like five people lost to some nonsense and they should feel bad about that. Never mind, I didn't. I lost twenty rounds and took eighth. <laughs> you know, I those five guys should feel bad about losing to that that meme. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I, I think it'll be an adjustment as I adjust my gameplay to uh, start being able to get used to this the the three star meta as we've called it. Um, uh, but I should I should adjust quickly enough. Uh, no, I'm just curious if you guys find uh, these segments a little bit helpful or if you find us completely wrong, which we'll get into here in a bit, um, <laughs> then feel free uh, to send us a message on Twitter. Um, that's at podcastio uh, or email us at um, yo underlords. Uh, what what's my stupid email address? I forgot already. Uh, it's uh, I have it on here. It's uh Yo, underlords at gmail.com. Uh, so you can email us there and, uh, you know, just let us know if it helped you with the game, if it didn't, if there's something else that we missed or anything like that. But speaking of things that we missed, let's hop into this one email that we did just get. You've got mail. All right. So the email we got this week and our very first email on the show, I'm very excited for this is Ooh. from uh, Will, a.k.a. Reverb. Uh, Will, thanks so much for sending this email. We'll read it right now. It's a long one, so bear with me. Um, but he says, hey, guys, really enjoy the content so far and can't wait to get more of you guys every week. I'm currently making my last push to Big Boss, and hopefully I'll get to uh, Lord of the White Spire one day. Um, I just have uh, time for a couple games a day, so slowly but surely getting there. Uh, part of the reason... For that is I spend about an hour and a half each day commuting, and I'll be sure uh, to have you guys on as part of my Monday routine now. So Aww. you'll be hearing us tomorrow for sure. Uh, I particularly enjoy the section where you guys share your thoughts about the most recent patch notes, as well as a section dedicated to your thoughts on the items of the game. Uh, and this week we did blacklisting instead. Uh, it helps me think about the game in different ways, especially when you guys have different perspectives. Uh, if you don't mind, though, I would like to throw my opinion into the ring on two items that you guys have in a very different place than I would rate them at. Um, so you guys at Embarrassment 
of riches at the very bottom of the tier one list. Um, I absolutely love the item and think that's right up there with chainmail and gloves of haste. Uh, one of you argued that the item is probably not very good because you don't know if you are actually going to get anything out of it at all, and I tend to disagree. Uh, think of it like this. Uh, very commonly, you'll pick pick it up in round one or two, and that most people survive for round 30 or 35, roughly. That means on average, you get eight rounds of picking where four items will be available to you instead of three, uh, if you take embarrassment. Uh, whether or not that four... Uh, uh, tier item is the best one you pick. There's a one-fourth, a quarter of a chance in each round, meaning that on average, uh, you got better items picked twice each game. You pick embarrassment without meaningfully uh, fishing for even specific build items that scale with repetition, like big-time contracts, summoning stones, etc. Uh, in fact, with eight picks, the likelihood that you don't change any of your picks, uh, assuming you pick the best item uh, for you at the time, is uh, 0.75 to the 8th, or about 10%, meaning 90% of the time uh, the item got the last upgrade. Anyway, he threw a lot of math here that basically told Charlie he's wrong. So, <laughs> 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 sorry, Will. I'm not going to continue reading all your math. It's very solid, very good. Uh, I appreciate the reply on this. I'm going to get to the next item that you talk about here. Uh, I'm sorry, just talking about math is just tough to read sometimes. Um but you, ha you do have a lot of math here that is um, uh, definitely a knowledge bomb. Uh, the other item I have a strong opinion on is the item you guys called Blade Fail. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> I generally agree that there are a lot of really great items at that tier, so it's competitive. But there is a really great use for Blade Mail that you guys never talked about, which is being an axe activator. And what's funny about this, and I'm, I'm not reading the... The rest of this email right now, I'll, I'll continue on here in a minute. The funny thing about this is after the show, we actually talked about this exact scenario and said, well, you probably should have talked about this because it's actually a good item for the scenario that Will is about to talk about. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I messaged the chat like probably an hour after we finished the recording. I was like, man, I just saw a guy using double blade mail on Brawny and that's actually really good. <laughs> right, right. Um, so playing Brawny in the current meta uh, means trying to get kills even... Uh, early and even more importantly, activating all of your brawny units through uh, getting kills or as many as you can. Uh, some just suck at uh, racking up kills like Disruptor. Um, right now, Juggernaut and Beastmaster don't have too many problems getting kills, but Axe struggles mightily after like round five. Um, uh, but you put one of the blade mails on him and watch units kill themselves uh, on him as he keeps getting bigger and bigger. Uh, his forces that uh, this forces them to hit him when he's at his highest armor and reflects damage back. Uh, this also gives him flexibility later in the game. Uh, have a blink dagger and playing against hunters or mages. Blink dagger is an absolute tank in the backline messes up their targeting. Um, you can still transfer your blade mail to another brawny and basically you know that either uh, that unit lives and thus you won the fight or that you dealt at least 30% of a stack uh, brawny's hit points in a tier 2 item. Uh, also, I don't know if I'm being naive, but I don't think the fact that your opponent is getting uh, getting a bit of mana back from taking damage is something to be overly concerned about, unless you're up against Druid or Warlocks, where they uh, where they could potentially outsustain your health. Yes, the frontline gets a bit of mana from taking the damage, but it's not even considerable compared to what your backline should be putting out into them. Uh, in terms of the backline, again, yes, they get a bit of mana, but it's reflective of damage taken. Uh, you wouldn't say I would n rather not have their backline with my Puck or Alchemist because it gives them uh, mana, would you? 
again, I'm not uh, Lord of the White Spire. Neither are we. Uh, but <laughs> seems like a weird <laughs> argument, um, at least, but that's partly why I love listening to you guys. Um, don't know if any of my points made sense, and I hope I didn't come off as a know-it-all. I uh, just wanted to add my input into the mix. Love the podcast and hope to see one of you guys in the game soon. Will, a.k.a. Reverb. So, um, anyway, uh, Charlie, I'm sorry you are off the show and uh, you're being replaced <laughs> by Will. <laughs> yeah, that's a bummer. I, I really screwed the pooch on that one. No, um, honestly, after about a week of playing, um, I, I kind of, I've changed my mind on both of those items as well. I bumped them bump them up quite a bit um embarrassment just innately as his math was kind of um getting at embarrassment enables a lot of comps uh to high roll into the items they need exactly um there are very specific items that help a lot of comps or if you go with a heavy damage build you know uh he mentions later on that combining embarrassment with smuggler uh has a lot of potential upside in the late game if you're looking for specific yeah. big items yep. um so, yeah, I definitely put embarrassment up there. I still will only take it on round one or two, but uh, yeah, it's it's probably a lot better than I had said in the first episode. And blade mail, yeah, it's very specific to brawny. I think it also has a place on scrappy units. Yeah, that are a little tanky and sustainable. Um, I I do think you have to be careful about where you place it, especially if somebody's in Kunkka or um, Tidehunter. You want to be careful about letting them enable their um, like multiple stuns on your entire party. But uh, yeah, for the most part, the reflecting on the um, mana back probably I I over oversold that a little bit. Um, overall, blade mail is not as bad of an item as I had made it out to be, and it's probably. Um, assuredly better than uh a couple of the tier two items that we had uh put above it you know what item goes under blade blade mail charlie it's What's the that? item we completely forgot to talk about last week and that's forces for staff <laughs> that's force right staff. yeah we didn't mention for staff uh it's 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 low it's bad <laughs> there's a it, reason it, okay, why hold, we on, forgot hold, about on, hold on hold on hold on okay holding on it's great in mage comps yeah it can be okay for pushing people off um yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean, you don't overall, you don't want not... that assassin on your your coddle or your crystal maiden or something. Yeah, it's like so it's first four yeah. staff is really good to shove them away and make them walk back up and hit your tanks instead. Honestly, yeah, yeah, it's like, hey, Slark, get away from me. That's that's what's saying. And then he hops back on you. Yeah, you're like, hey, <laughs> get away from me. And then he hops back on you. So yeah, go do your slap chop somewhere else. <laughs> go do Slark things elsewhere, please. Uh, that's what four. That's what four staff is. Um, or you know, other slower units or something like that. Um, Bloodseeker, something that may not be coming back and might go hit a tank for a bit or something like that. Um, yeah, I I I, I can see a use for it there for sure. Um, yeah. but yeah. Anything else that you guys wanted to talk about this? We had another we had another email. Um it wasn't really an email, it was more of a message on Reddit um that came to me and uh uh it, it, it was a it was a decent thing that had a lot of topics that we should talk about and uh uh we're definitely have that listed somewhere. We're definitely gonna talk about almost all of those topics. So I'm I'm not gonna read it. Um, just because um, it, it is mostly like, hey, you guys should talk about this. You should talk about this. You should talk about this. Like, yep, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Thank you for that. We are definitely going to talk about that stuff, and we'll get to it when we get to it. We also had a post in the uh, Reddit thread where we initially announced our show where people said we should get pro guest. Um, we That's are announcing too. that. Yeah. yeah, we do have guests on the way, um, and uh, we just wanted to get uh, these audio issues sorted out and make sure that we had everything uh ready to go before we started bringing in others for um, 
guest interviews and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely be bringing in guests. Um, We already have a couple of them talked to. In fact, probably after, I think we're going to do one more show of just the three of us. And then we'll probably start bringing in guests after that. Yeah. We've already got some way. (laughs) I've been kind of working that front and we, we've got some really exciting guests. Uh, yeah, some really big names lined up. Yeah. yeah, so you'll you'll be delighted to hear from these people. I promise you, for sure. And with that said, probably time to get out of here. Okay. Um. So first of all, uh, if you'd like to be like Will and email us, um, like I said, that's over at uh, yo underlords at gmail dot com. Uh, we'll definitely read your email, answer it if you have any questions or comments or anything like that. Uh, And thanks so much, Will, for uh, sending your uh, long email to us. I, the fact that I got that before week three of the podcast, like made me so happy. Like it, it, when I did well met, it took us a long time before we got our first email. So I was very surprised to see one so early and I really appreciate it. Um, If you'd like to give, uh, if you'd like to help out the show, or uh or anything like that uh podcast reviews do a ton so especially over at like apple Podcasts or itunes or whatever it's called uh today uh they have a great review system and the more reviews that you get the better chance that you have of showing up in people's feeds and them being able to find you um so five star reviews help us a ton in fact we got one this week from Corey watch uh, who is someone that uh, I, I've seen their name before. I think they came over from Hearthstone. Uh, and uh, they gave us a five, he gave us a five-star review that says, this podcast is the equivalent of big-time contract on a three-star Arc Warden. <laughs> that is the best review I think we've ever could have gotten. That's a huge compliment. Okay, so I actually... I, I, I recognized the, na- the name too, and I asked about him because uh, Watch actually followed me on Twitter. Yeah. And I asked somebody from Beyond the Summit because he has uh, one of the guys who works there on his uh, on his Steam. So I looked at our mutual friends, and I noticed uh, Blaze was on there. So I asked him, and apparently Corey Watch was in the artifact, the closed ar- uh, artifact beta. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Uh, apparently he's a uh, card game player so yeah, yeah I, I i really appreciated him you know leaving that that five star review yeah i appreciate any five star review we get no matter who it came from it could come from your mom willie and i would be very appreciative that would be really awkward <laughs> sorry <laughs> no it's okay <laughs> <laughs> I realized it right after I said it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you'd like to leave a review, just head over there and do that. And we'll, uh, we'll read on next week's show. Uh, show shout outs and how can people get in contact with you? Uh, we'll start off with Charlie. Uh, yeah, just come and uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at uh, BalrockFanPP. Um, best place to reach me is probably there. I occasionally post on the Reddit thread and, and uh, Underlord, so you see me say something stupid there feel free to respond and tell me how dumb it was yeah for sure uh willie how about you uh i'm pretty simple to find you can find me on twitch at zexorus not this friday night but 
you should go to twitch.tv slash underlordspro. Check out the tournament I helped run. Um, like I said before, we'll have both Bebe and Swim on as uh as as casters for this coming tournament friday uh, uh other than that yeah that's it's it, if it's Zexorus, it's me <laughs> all right um as for me um first of all i'm gonna definitely give a shout out to will uh for sending that email uh shout out to Corey watch for uh putting in that five star review um if you would uh like to find me i am over on twitter at aldorian uh, this week, I'm going to probably be tweeting a lot from Dragon Con because that's where I'll be. Yes. And I'm so Ooh. excited. I love Dragon Con. This will be my seventh or eighth, eighth Dragon Con. That's and, uh, Yeah, we <laughs> that's go every commitment. year. We go every year. And I love it. It is my favorite convention of all time. So much fun. It's just a giant nerd party. That's the best way that I can explain it. Uh, so if you're going to be at Dragon Con and you happen to see me, come say hi. Probably have no idea what I look like, but come say hi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so thanks for joining us for episode three of Yo, an Underlords podcast. Uh, you can tweet us at podcast yo or email us at younderlords at gmail.com with comments, questions, and ideas that you have for the show. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all next week. Thank <laughs> you.